Hello, Ms. Kapow. Hello, Brother Kapow. Today's date is December 4th, 2017. Are you going to say how quick the month went? It did. The year uh, went by uh, very quickly. Uh, Don't you think? Yep. It's 2018. I didn't think, uh, honestly didn't think I'd arrive at 2018 a few years ago. No. I didn't. No. Nuts. You thought you'd be eating matzo balls by now. I did. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, today's show, here's, here's, here's the deal, folks. What? Here's the deal. Last Friday, I did Freedom Friday, as you all know, because you all just loved it. And I, uh, I used a scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 3, the entire, well, I think I used the first eight verses. And it was, I, I thought it was really interesting, and it was like I could have kept going, but it was a new show, not a biblical show. So today, I thought I would go over that, and I shared it with Miss Kapow, and she said, yes, that's a good idea. I did. And she was inspired. I was. Yes. So what we want to do <laughs> is, uh, I'll pay you later for that. Thank you. <laughs> what we want to do is go over the 18 very unique characteristics of apostates that we're going to see in the last days, the last very dangerous days in which we live. This is going to be good. It's going to be because here's why when i read 2 timothy 3 last freedom friday i told you the list of characteristics was not about men of the world humans of the world it was about humans in christianity apostates that are falling so this is it's a huge clue to go back and look at these uh, letters that Paul wrote, you know, close to 2,000 years ago and see what he predicted, what he prophesied was going to happen and then look around and go, huh, could it be? And maybe we have a little better gauge, right? Mm-hmm. One, one of the things that we're going to go over also that we discovered and uh, Ms. Kapow and I were just bouncing back and forth on this, is in this particular little chapter, there are all kinds of Greek words that Paul used or that Paul, um, that are translated, I should say, only once and sometimes only twice in the mm-hmm. New Testament. Mm-hmm. So that's what I said. They're very unique characteristics 18 very unique characteristics and it's almost like god inspired the scripture in such a way that these words translated were so unique that they stand out because they're only used once or twice in the entire new testament they're not common Mm -hmm. Uh, so that's really it's kind of a strange thing so it, it, if you understand that, and we're going to go over those, you, it kind of they pop out. Yeah, they do. Especially when you realize, man, that's only used here. It's not used anywhere else. Yeah. That must be important, right? Right. And then what that'll give us is a better understanding of what to look out for 
in our quote unquote Christianity of today. Yeah. It's drawing us a picture. A picture. And then you guys could go to fifthhookmedia.com and then you can order the ebook or paperback edition of Christianity of Blasphemy. Also, Isis the Unseen Enemies, and that'll tell you even more mm-hmm. about the days we're living in as far as the apostasy. Yes. Okay? Yes. Hello, this is Professor Lamsrath from the Institute of Prophetic Studies in Southern California. Are you tired of going to church yet getting nothing from it? Do you feel good on Sunday but defeated by Monday? Does your church fail to equip you with the necessary tools? to live out your Christianity? And does your church leave you powerless? Have you ever wondered why? Well, you are not alone. I strongly suggest you read Eyes to See Unseen Enemies by Paul and Linda Villanueva. This book examines and explains the problems with so many of today's churches and ministries. You will learn about the false spirits invading churches and the occult practices that have crept into the house of God. More importantly, you will get the tools needed to protect yourself and the ones you love. Eyes to See Unseen Enemies is available at all online digital book retailers such as Amazon, iBooks, and Barnes & Noble. Go to fifthhookmedia.com, F-I-F-T-H-O-O-K-M-E-D-I-A.com for further information. This is Professor Lamsrath, and I am making Eyes to See Unseen Enemies required reading in all of my courses. So I'll see you in class. Those are your textbooks. <laughs> so, Miss Capel, let me start off with a little article I want to read. Oh, all right. Because this is what it's all about. We're going to talk about the perilous times, dangerous times in which we live. Paul and Timothy were, were living in them in their day. Okay? Mm-hmm. Those were the last days. Like I told the listeners on Freedom Friday, the last days, the last days, the end times started when Peter stood up in Pentecost and said, this, what you're hearing, this is what the prophet Joel prophesied, that in the last days, God would pour out a spirit upon all men and they would do this, 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 and such and such. From that point on, we've been in the last epochs of time or epoch of time Mm -hmm. because after this time and the return of christ there will be no other times human times jew or gentile on this planet that's why it's the last times the end times all right that's right so they were living in it from that point on and as it progressed, and as Paul says, you know, the wickedness would increase. It would wax greater and greater. It's the filling up of the iniquity. So that's what we're seeing. And where it ends, I wish I can tell you. I wish I can tell you when you see this, boom, that's the cutoff point, pull the plug, you know, get on the bus. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We have to be pretty close because it's pretty dang bad. And I'm going to start off with this article, and this is uh, why, to, to set the tone. This is from the New York Times. Anglican minister urges prayers for Prince George to be gay. Now, Prince George is that little baby. Yeah. 
Yeah, a little baby, right? Mm-hmm. So from London, a prominent Anglican cleric and gay rights campaigner known for contentious gestures mm-hmm. has urged believers to pray for Prince George, age four, and third in line to the throne to find the love, quote, of a fine young gentleman, in a quote, when he grows up, so as to advance the cause of same-sex marriage in church. Now, right there, that first sentence, let me stop here. That very first paragraph that I read is pregnant with what we're going to see here in Timothy. He's an Anglican cleric. That means he has the form of godliness. Mm-hmm. Right, Ms. Capel? He has right. religion. He has a robe. He has a church. He has all the trappings of ritual. He has a form of godliness. But he denies God himself. Mm-hmm. And how do I know that? Good because he's a fruit. Yes. He's a gay rights campaigner. How can you be a gay rights campaigner and be a man of God? Mm-hmm. You can't because gay rights, gay men are those who are lusting in a perverted way. Yeah, his life doesn't reflect the life of Christ. No. So right there you see you see this. And he's also known for contentious gestures. Mm-hmm. Is that a man of God, someone who's contentious? No. Someone who's debating and contentious and striving. No. No. We're supposed to seek peace. Yeah. Peace with one another. So right there in that first paragraph, you're already seeing what Paul's writing to Timothy about. In the last days, you're going to see these these mutton heads popping up. Mm-hmm. They're false prophets. They're false teachers. They're antichristos. So let me go on. It says, coming days after Prince Harry, George's uncle and fifth in line, announced his engagement to Meghan Markle, divorced American actress, blah, 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 blah. The very Reverend Kelvin Holdsworth seemed to illuminate once more the role of royal romance in Britain's imagination and conversation, especially when it collides with tradition. Uh, Prince Harry and Ms. Markle have said they will marry and blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? Who cares? While same-sex marriage is permitted by law in most of Britain, the Church of England says on its website it remains the case that it is not legally possible for same-sex couples to marry in its churches. But Mr. Holdsworth, the the great, very reverend Holdsworth, he's the provost of St. Mary's Cathedral in Glasgow. Hmm. He belongs to the Scottish Episcopal Church, a separate province of the Anglican Communion, that voted in June to let its priest solemnize, also sodomize, same-sex marriages. Wow. <laughs> in his campaign to expand on that change, Mr. Holdsworth wrote in a blog post on Thursday that the believers could, quote, pray in the privacy of their hearts or in public if they dare for the Lord to bless Prince George with a love when he grows up of a fine young gentleman. In a Too quote. many crickets. That's just so annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and it's supposed to be, Miss Kapow, because why is it annoying to you? Because you're recognizing that this is... It's par- a lie. This is perilous, isn't it? It's dangerous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Because there's, there's people that are sitting under the teaching of this muttonhead. 
this false Christ, this false teacher, this antichrist. Mm. And he has a form of godliness, but he denies the actual power of God himself, of Yahweh. And that's why it's irritating to you Mm -hmm. because you see it. You're supposed to see it. You're supposed to be irritated by it. Otherwise, 2 Timothy 3 would mean nothing to you. So that's the reaction you're supposed to have. So he says, Prince George is the elder third, or I'm sorry, the elder child of Prince William and the former Catherine Middleton, now called the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge, blah, blah, blah. Oh, let's see. Who cares? Who cares? It says... um, a royal wedding might uh, sort things out remarkably easy, that we might have to wait 25 years for that to happen. Who knows whether that might be sooner or the works out the means. Anyway, he wants this kid to be gay. This uh, Reverend Holdsworth caused a f- uh, friction among some of the faithful. See, these aren't faithful either. If you're going, the people that attend this guy's, whatever it is, his religious crap, mm. they, they're clueless. Yeah. They're, they're clueless of Second Timothy three. They're and all the blind. Words. He's the blind leading the blind. Yeah, they're blind sheeple. So they're not. They're faithful only to the religion, but they're not faithful to Yahweh. See, none of none of these. All these people are dying and, and going to an eternal death, which yeah. is which is very sad. Mm-hmm. Then that's why we do this show so that anybody who cares to listen won't be caught up in that. We're, we're just warning. We're just telling you what the scriptures say. That's right. So the the, uh, the faithful in January were, were all mad when this guy, this muttonhead, permitted a reading from the Quran during a service that included a rebuttal of the Christian belief that, check this out, Ms. Kapow, Jesus was the son of God. It was a Christian service that he held that included a rebuttal. That Jesus was the Son of God. You, you guys get it? And he read from the Quran. So this guy is nothing more than the Antichrist. He shouldn't be in the position he is, but he is because we live in perilous times. And men's hearts are going to wax more evil and more evil as we go on. This is part of it. This is actually, when you're reading this, this is actually telling you where you're at. His latest comments also drew the outrage of more traditional clerics. This uh, Reverend Gavin Ashtadrin, Ashtadin, a former royal chaplain, called the comments unchristian. And he said to pray for Prince George to grow up in that way is to pray in a way that would disable and undermine his constitutional and personal role. Plus, it's not biblical. Okay, so he told Christian Today, an online news provider, particularly when part of the expectation that the prince would inherit would be to produce a biological heir with a woman he loves. Well, this guy's clueless too because he's missing the whole scriptural thing. He says, "It uh, it is an unkind and destabilizing prayer. It is the theological equivalent of the curse of the wicked fairy in one of the fairy tales. There was no, whatever, dude. There was no immediate comment from the royal family. Prince Harry and Markle are doing other stuff. And uh, oh, and by the way, Last Friday, they arrived in England for their first official visit together to do what? To raise awareness of HIV slash AIDS mm-hmm. in youth violence. Okay? Mm-hmm. All right. So they're, they're, you know, prince and princesses. They can do whatever they want. We don't care. It's the, the dude who's having a form of godliness. That's who we're, yeah. that's who we're targeting here. All right. Miss Kapow, let's get on with it then. Let's get on with it. All right. 
Second Timothy chapter three, Paul writes to Timothy, he says, this know, this understand, right? Get this in your thick skull, Timothy. This know also. I want you like to know take this. Heed. Take heed. This is truth I'm about to impart to you. That in the last days, perilous times shall come. Mm-hmm. Stop. Let's break that down. Mm-hmm. Let's look at the word perilous. You want to take that one? All right. Perilous. The um, Greek word is chalepos. That sounds like uh, that would be good with cheese. Chalepos. Aye. Aye. It's through the idea of reducing the strength. It's difficult, like dangerous or furious, fierce. And it only shows up one other time, and that's in Matthew 8.28, when Jesus is um, at in the country of the uh, Gerizines and the... Uh, the man with the devils, yes, that's what the devils comes out, and it says, um, the scripture says, and when he was come to the other side into the country of the Gagarines, there met him two possessed evil with devils, coming out of the tombs, exceeding fierce. And that's the same word, so that no man might pass by that way. And then it's also sown here in Second Timothy three as perilous. Interesting. So throughout the whole New Testament, that Greek word, kalepos, is only used twice. Translated once, fierce, in the scripture Miskopal just read, and here, mm-hmm. as perilous or dangerous. Fierce. Fierce. So, you know, understand that, the reduction of strength, um, the falling down, it troublesome, it's weakness. So what he's saying in those last times, there's going to be weak, fallen, apostate times shall come. Yeah, which is very difficult for those that want to walk in righteousness and in light. Absolutely. And we're going to see that at the end when it comes to persecution and tribulation, right? Mm -hmm. Verse 2, for men, all humanity, not just Men, women yes, also. Anthropos. Anthropos. For all humanity shall be lovers of their own selves. Stop. Let's break that one down. What's a lover of our own selves? Philatos, which is someone that's fond of themselves or lover of their own self. Someone that's very selfish, I would imagine. Yeah. And you know what? It's the only time that it's it's here. It's only here. In this scripture, it's nowhere else in the New Testament. That speaks volumes. It's it's like screaming to us, going, pay attention to this. This isn't common. This is stuff that's going to be common, but it's not common right now. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, and I mentioned last week in Freedom Friday, that reminds me, I see people taking selfies when I read this. Lovers of their own selves. Have you seen people on Facebook making the pouty face? You know, the pouty oh, lips? Yeah. What do they call them? Duck lips? I mean, you know, grown adults trying to look like Kim Kardashian or something. I don't know what Mm -hmm. the deal is. But yeah, they're all selfish. The next word. Okay, um, what we're doing is we're reading 18 characteristics of apostate Christianity in the last days, folks. Mm -hmm. So pay attention as we go over each of these characteristics. These are not just people of the world. These are people 
in the the church. Yeah, in the religion, mm-hmm. having a form of godliness. So the first one is they they love selfies. They're lovers of their own selves. They think very highly of themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, and it it goes these these words or these characteristics go completely opposite of what a Christian should be. Because like with they shall be lovers of their own selves. Where in First Corinthians it says charity is one that seeks not her own. Mm. Wow. That's good. Totally opposite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the second characteristic is covetousness. Mm. And uh, went over that a little bit last week, but the Greek word here, philagyros, mm-hmm. means fond of silver. Mm. It's loving money. It's not just regular covetousness. It's only found twice, here and in Luke 16, 14, when the Pharisees also were covetous when they heard these things that Jesus uh, was talking about, and yep. then they derided him from it. So it's not just covetousness. Not It's not just, ooh, I like that house. They're, they're lovers of money, mm-hmm. money, moolah. Which we know is the, the love of money is the root of all evil. Yes, that love of it. Mm-hmm. Mm, a lot of people love it. Love it. Next one, boasters. 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 Elazon. Elazon. Someone that's a braggart. And see, that's another one that um, in 1 Corinthians talks about. Let's see if I can find it. Um, Charity vaunteth not itself and is not puffed up. Mm. Wow. Just the opposite, isn't it? Mm-hmm. This is I, a, I like this one because it says it's an empty pretender. <laughs> an empty pretender. Mm-hmm. You can't get that's a great description. And when I read that article about uh, Mr. Holdsworth wanting the uh, the little baby to grow up to be gay, and it says he's contentious, and he reads the Koran because he's disputing the uh, you know that Jesus was the Son of God. Yeah, he's an empty pretender. He's he's pretending. He's a bo- that's what boaster means. Wow. And it, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it, it is, it's only found twice. Exactly. Here mm-hmm. and in Romans one thirty. That's right. Backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, empty pretenders, mm-hmm. inventors of evil things mm-hmm. like sex robots, disobedient to parents. Anything else? Mm-mm. Proud, Miss Kapow. Go for it. Proud is hyper, <clears throat> hyperephanos. And it's a word that means appearing above others, someone that's haughty or proud. Once again, that's against, that's totally opposite of what love should be, that someone that is not puffed up or, you know, vaunts itself. Yeah. Showing oneself above others. And it is only shown several times, but let's see here. Once in Luke, Romans, James, and the book of First Peter. Hmm. Yeah, so it's an over, overweening estimate of one's means or merits. Mm-hmm. And they actually despise others or even treat them with ill contempt because they're, they're, they're um, very proud, very proud of themselves. Like this guy, the, you know, Mr. Holdsworth mm-hmm. and his gay stuff. I very, I, I'm so much smarter. I'm going to read the Koran and, and service because I'm so much smarter than everybody else. Well, it's right? like that proud man that prayed. Yeah. You know, when there, when Jesus said there are two men and one prayed like, oh, Lord, I'm so thankful that I don't do any of these things. 
And then the other one that couldn't even look into heaven says, oh, Lord, I'm a sinner. Yeah. And Jesus said he's the one that was, you know, justified. Big difference. Mm-hmm. You know, and when I talk about this, uh, this, this guy from London, Mr. Holdsworth or whatever, I'm just, I just use that one story because it's a recent story as an example. Um, it doesn't have to be an Anglican priest. There's Mm-mm. plenty of American preachers, evangelical preachers, in our country today that, that are just like this. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that they're named dozens of them, dozens of them, over and over again. So no one's above this. It's what Second Corinthians 4, 4 says. It's in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on to them. Yeah. They're unteachable. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're haughty, proud. Mm-hmm. They're also blasphemers. Blasphemos. <clears throat> and that means a speaking evil or slanderous, reproachful, railing, abusive. Now, this guy was blaspheming God himself, right? Yeah. By doing a service that said, um, you know, Jesus wasn't the son of God. Blasphemers, mm-hmm. right? That's that's a. Those are the. These are the characteristics you're looking for, whether it's in your local church down the, the street, or or some Christian thing you're you're watching on TV, on Sunday mornings and cable, or on YouTube, or listening to a podcast. These are the things you're looking for. You know, do they love themselves? Do they love money? Are they are they haughty? Are they empty pretenders? Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Disobedient to parents. What the heck does that mean? Disobedience means, um, see, unpersuadable. Yeah. There's a lot of it in the New Testament. They're disobedient. And the parents. Mm-hmm. Parents mean parents. So they don't listen to instruction. Now, you look at that and you're going, <laughs> I mean, I read that and I go, well, who listens to their parents nowadays? You know, all these, these kids just do their own thing, man. You know, mm-hmm. they're all raised on iPads and the internet. And, um, you know, but back then, almost 2,000 years ago, when Paul was saying, We're in the last days, I'm warning you, these things are going to increase, increase, increase. Well, we're at to the point where disobedient to parents is, that's the thing, because the parents themselves are goofed up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They're mm-hmm. not squared away. But so it's it's against the the Ten Commandments. Also yeah. Honor thy mother and father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they're they're truce breakers, mm-hmm. which we find out later on. How about unthankful? Unthankful. It's uh, archiristos. Sounds good to me. Archiristos. <laughs> and it's someone that's thankless, ungrateful, unpleasing. And it's only used two times, Miss Capel. Yep, Luke six thirty five, and in Timothy. And in here, and Luke six thirty five says, "But love ye your enemies and do good and lend, hoping for nothing again, and your reward shall be great, and ye shall be the." Uh, let's see, what does it say? Great, and ye shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful. And to the evil. Yep. Okay. And the Bible teaches that we are to be thankful for th- for all things and in all things. Mm-hmm. And then unholy. Mm. Unholy. Anosios means unholy, unpious, wicked. 
and that's found twice. Only in, twice? Yep, in the book of First Timothy and in Second Timothy. Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy. Mm. That's in First Timothy. So when you're looking at the last days of the apostasy, you're looking for these characteristics. There's a person who's disobedient to parents and he doesn't have, you know, he's doing his own. Of course, you're going to be disobedient to parents because you're not going to listen to them if you're haughty and a boaster, an empty pretender, and you love yourself. Mm-hmm. You're taking selfies of yourself. You're putting your picture everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. You know, every book you write, you got to have it right on the, you know, your picture's everywhere. You, you know, you're so good looking. <laughs> Unthankful, right? You might have a big ministry, a big church, but you need more, want more. Now, here's a big one. This is this is for Reverend Holdsworth, who uh, wants uh, little baby George to be gay. And he wants um, he wants sodomites to be recognized in his church. Verse 3 says, without natural affection. Mm-hmm. Without natural affection is astorgos, astorgos. And it means without natural affection, inhumane, unloving even. Mm. How many times does that appear? Twice. Only Romans. twice. Yeah, Romans and Second uh, Timothy. Romans one thirty one. without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. And those scriptures are talking about <clears throat> those people who failed to see the creator in the creation mm-hmm. and did stupid things and make their own things to worship. Once again, they were unthankful. Mm-hmm. And they, they couldn't see God in the, or refused to see truth. Mm-hmm. Refused to see truth. Without natural affection, that's your sodomites, your homosexuals, that's your perverts. That's mm-hmm. the people who like sex bots. That's the people who like little kids, pedophiles, on and on. Or just like chasing women or men because mm-hmm. they're whoremongers without natural affection. They're not natural. It's unnatural. Seeing God <clears throat> teaches, the word of God teaches us that we are to love in truth. Mm-hmm. And it's just the opposite because mm-hmm. they're loving without that right. naturalness. Mm-hmm. So key thing, look at that. Look at that in your leaders without natural affection. Oh, Paul was just fired up when he wrote this, man. 18 things. He just kept going. You know, it's almost like, what else could he remember? Truce breakers. <clears throat> What's that one? Truce breakers is aspandos, and it's without libation or without a treaty. Truceless. Um, let's see, without treaty or covenant of things not mutually agreed. And it is only shown twice in the Bible, Romans one thirty one, and in 2 Timothy. Is that something? Mm-hmm. Without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful. Now, to me, when it says truce breakers, covenant breakers, I, I can only think of one covenant that you would break. Yep. That's the covenant of God. That's right. Because so, this is written for people that are in the church. He's warning Timothy about the people he's going to be around in his ministry. Mm-hmm. you got to understand that. Paul is saying in these last perilous times, this is what's going to rise up. So I'm, I'm giving you a list of 18 characteristics that you know who these people are. You know, they don't, they don't like the covenant of God. 
They're false accusers. That's the other one. That's a um, interesting. It means mm-hmm. a traducer. The Satan. The actual, <laughs> the actual Greek word is diablos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah! False accusers. So, so what Paul is writing is there's going to be Satans. There's going to be devils among you. Devils. A traducer, especially Satan, a false accuser. You know, I once said that the safest place to be is in a church. And God showed me right away that I was really very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and he opened my eyes to a lot of things that's in the church. And I, th- when- I felt the same way, too. I thought, well, you're here. You're, you're here among like-minded people. This mm-hmm. is, Satan can't get you here in church, man, because the glory of God's in this house. And yeah, they're worshiping f- and singing. And He'd be stupid to come into the church. Yeah. Well, but that's no. where he's at. That's right. He's, he's not at Smith's grocery store or at the Chevron gas station. He can care less. Mm-hmm. He's at the religious service. Say, and, and you know, in the in the Word of God too, it's Paul ex- explicitly teaches that these are the ones that you have to stay away from. Yes, yes, yeah. It's not like you tolerate them or just kind of recognize that they exist. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And mm-hmm. go well, you know, I don't quite agree with them, but they do a lot of good. Mm-hmm. I, I've heard that over and, and over. And we're all not good. perfect. No, we're right? all not perfect. We're all being. Uh, molded into Christ, blah blah blah. But these are different. Yeah. These people are not. Um, they're not. They haven't been converted, no. or they have been converted. Or they're they've apostate. Con- they exactly, fallen. and they are dangerous to the to the body. Yep, they're perilous. Um, yeah, I don't care what good they do in the community or mm-hmm. how much you think. Well, a lot of people come to the Lord because of their you know big harvest festivals or whatever the heck they do. You gotta you know. You got to get that out of your head. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just read First Corinthians. It says, uh, Paul says, I write unto you an epistle not to company with fornicators, yet not altogether with the fornicators of this world, or with the covetous, or the extortioners, or with idolaters, for then must ye go out of the world. Mm-hmm. But now I have written unto you not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator, or covetous, or an adulterer, or a railer, or a drunkard, or an extortioner, with such and one, know not to eat. For what I have to do to judge them also that are without, do not ye judge them that are within, but them that are without, God judgeth. Therefore put away from among yourselves that wicked person. Man, not from the world, Mm-mm. from among you. And like I said, I've heard that, I can't tell you how many times I've heard that, where you know, you hear some story about, some pastor or some ministry, and then you point things out, and I've heard it over. Yeah, but you know, I'll point things out and say, "Well, that's not even biblical." Yeah, but they they're doing a lot of good works. You know, they're doing a lot. Of, I I I used to play music with uh, a worship minister who went to a church, and he was he was very qualified. I mean, he was really really experienced in music and worship and leading and the whole bit. I mean, years and years of it. But he was a little older, mm-hmm. and he didn't have the right look. And the church he went to told him that, that mm-hmm. he just didn't have the right look. They wanted more younger, hipper hipsters up there mm-hmm. leading the worship. And they told him that, that he just didn't look right. So he told me that story, and he was fine with it because he understood it. And I, I said, that's not even biblical. Mm-mm. And he no. goes, yeah, but you know they do a great work. A lot of people come to the Lord. And I thought, really, do they? 
Really? You th- you think people are actually meeting the real Jesus with that kind of stupidity? Mm-hmm. Of course Let me not. Just one, read one more. It says First Timothy six, and it says, "If any man teach otherwise and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing, but doting upon about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, strife, railings, evil surmisings." perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness, from such withdraw thyself. There's your gain. There's your covetousness, your love mm-hmm. of money. And that what you just read, too, just reminds me of this guy where it says he was uh, very contentious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next is incontinent. Incontinent. Acretis. It means powerless or without self-control. Like if you know you're, well, peeing or pooing yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's what incontinent means. Like yeah. You can't control your... You can't control it. And it only appears here, folks, one time. Without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent. Mm-hmm. And see, and self-control is one of the fruit of the Spirit. Uh-huh. Galatians 5. Galatians 5 stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Incontinent, they have no control. I need this, I need that. Gotta do this, gotta do that. Ooh, she'd be looking fine. I'd be the pastor. Need more money. Fierce, and this is a different word from. It's animeros. Yes. And it's savage, fierce, not tame. And it's only found in this in this verse. Folks, don't you find that very, very odd? Mm-hmm. That this list of 18 apostate characteristics that we should be seeing in the last days getting increasing only occur here and sometimes in another place that Paul wrote. Only one or two places. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. To me, it just screams pay attention to this list. Yeah. So that's something you just want to read over and go, uh-huh. You really want to understand it. It's a unique list. Yeah, it's unique. So they're fierce. They're, they're wow, they're, they're pretty rough. They can get you, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't love you. They don't, they, they don't care if they destroy you. You know, how many people have been destroyed in religions? Oh. Oh, my plenty. Lord. Yes. Plenty of them. Every, almost everybody I've ever met that's anti-God, you know, or anti-church or anything, They've, they've come from a religion like Catholicism, Mormonism, something that burned them out, and now they don't, you know, they didn't look further and find the real Christ, the real God. And so they, they think that's Christianity, what they saw was, was real biblical Christianity. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. Well, I was one of them. Despisers of those that are good. What does that mean, Ms. Kapow? That, my dear. Don't even try to pronounce that one. Aphilagathos. Ooh, that was pretty good. Thanks. It's someone that's hostile to virtue, a despiser of those that are good. And if you think about it, when Jesus told the man, when he says, you know, um, I'm only God is good. Mm-hmm. Only God is good. Only God is good. Even he wouldn't accept that mm-hmm. title. So this these this person is a despiser of that of all that is good. And it's only this word is only with this scripture. Yeah, it only appears here. Mm-hmm. 
Folks, that is so unique. This is a unique list. It only appears here, so you can't, you're not going to find this in Corinthians. You're not going to find it in Revelation. You're not going to even find it in the Gospels. You're only going to find it here mm-hmm. in Timothy 3. Interesting. You're not going to find it in the rest of Timothy, just here. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It is a heavy duty list, isn't it not? Yeah. Isn't so it? A, it's just somebody that does not like good at all. No. They hate good. They're opposed to goodness and good men. I mean, how many times, like these these modern liberal, like this this idiot I just read, this muttonhead, wanting to bring in the gay stuff in the church, and then someone opposes them and says, well, that's not biblical. Then those people get attacked, you know, as being haters, intolerant, mm-hmm. and blah, blah. You, you all know the liberal progressive agenda. Um, yeah. Because they don't like the good. They don't want the truth. Exactly. And, you know, in Titus, there's a description of someone that must be a bishop for a bishop. Uh And one of them, uh, his characteristics is a lover of good men. (laughs) Wow, that's a good one. See, it's the exact opposite of what this person is. Ain't that something? Well, I think what you're doing and what I'm I'm catching from what you're, you're doing here is Paul has formed this list in one place, a very unique list. These a lot of these words are only occurring here or maybe somewhere else. But what you're doing is you're finding the opposite of what it should be. You're finding it spread throughout the scriptures. Mm-hmm. You know, for our benefits. Uh, that's that's amazing. To me, I find that quite amazing that the Holy Spirit inspires His words in such a way, mm-hmm. and how you can just dig and mind the, the deepness out. Yeah. Praise the Lord. You got to love it. Mm-hmm. That's really, that's good. I love that because what you just said, part of that requirement as for church leadership was to love godly men, mm-hmm. <laughs> not despise those that are good. <sighs> verse four. Hey, we're only in verse four, folks, but then we're going to, we'll read the rest of it. We're just getting through the list. Verse four. Traitors. Traitors. Prototes. <laughs> I want some prototes. <laughs> with jam and bread, with butter? Yes. It's the sense of giving forward into another's or an enemy's hand a surrender. In other like words... A Judas. Yes, a betrayer, a traitor. Now, who are they betraying? Well, they're betraying the Lord Jesus Christ. It also appears only two other times in the scriptures. And guess who they apply it to, Ms. Kapow, in Judas. Luke 6.16? Judas was the traitor mm-hmm. in Acts. They talk about it. So, so, so. Only three times in the scripture, they are betraying Christ, mm-hmm. the Messiah, to betraying God, the creator God, his covenant, scriptures. Because that's what you do when you fall away from God. You actually become a traitor. Mm-hmm. Apostate. you go on the other side. You're unthankful. You're unholy. You're a truce breaker. You're a covenant breaker. Oh, man. These are some nasty people, man. Mm-hmm. Right? Nasty lizard people. Lizard heads. This is lizard brain right here. This is a list of lizard brain. Heady. Heady. Propetes. Propetes. Someone that's following forward or headlong. Someone that's rash. Um, reckless. So they got a big, heavy bowling ball head, right? 
right? They're so heavy. Their head is so big. It's like just, and they're just lumbering forward. They're rash. Yep. And it's also found in Acts. Only twice in the scripture, Acts and in here. Only twice. Mm -hmm. It's screaming at you that it's unique. And in Acts it says, seeing then that these things cannot be spoken against, ye ought to be quiet and do nothing rashly. Mm. Don't be rash. High-minded. Typhoon. Um, high-minded. Be lifted up with pride. Be proud. Be high-minded. To raise up a smoke. A, a, to look at me. I'm puffed up with pride. I've got haughtiness. And um, that's found, believe it or not, you'd think it'd be found all over the New Testament. Only two other places. The other place is 1 Timothy. Not be a novice, least being lifted up with pride, he fall into the combination of the devil, which Paul was saying uh, the qualifications of church leadership. Mm-hmm. Also in 6.4, he is proud, knowing nothing but doting about questions and strifes of words, whereof cometh envy, evil, railings, evil, blah, blah, blah. And so, once again, it goes against the um, love, yeah. what love is, what charity is. Yep. Yeah. High-minded, only found three times in scriptures in both Pauline letters to Timothy. Mm. <sighs> Lovers of pleasure, Ms. Kapow. What is that one? Lovers of pleasure. The word is philidonos, someone that's fond of pleasure, um, who loves pleasure. Mm. Paul loves a lot of fun things to do, and it's only found here in Second uh, Timothy. Nowhere else in the Scripture, Mm-mm. in the New Testament, is it written. Lovers of pleasures is only here. This is how unique this list is. It's almost like someone that's overindulgent in. You know what I think of? I want making themselves feel good. Yeah, um, one of the, one of the men I think of the ministries, uh, quote unquote ministries. I think of one of these antichrist ministries is that Kenneth Copeland. Mm-hmm. And um, how he has an airport, basically. I don't know how many private planes he has. He's a pilot. He loves planes. And um, his church buys him all these, these I mean, million-dollar jets. Um, he loves pleasure. Loves pleasure. It's only found here. This one. That's Kenneth Copeland. He's, he'd, be, he'd, he'd fit this criteria to the T. Mm-hmm. That, that'd be one of the, the people he'd stay far, far away from. He's a reptilian. He even looks like a reptilian. Yeah, he does. Lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. More than lovers of God. And, of course, that's just the opposite. You're fond of God. You love God. And guess what? That's only found here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's only found here. Lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. They like doing their own things to please themselves more than they do. Yahweh. Yep. And all these characteristics really do go against the uh, the fruit of the Spirit and, um, the, and the definition of what charity is. Yeah. And that's, uh, would you say, 2 Corinthians 13? It's 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. That's good. Because I wouldn't even put that together, you know, mentally, and you did, and that was really good because it does show the opposite. Because it's God's love. Exactly. And in God's love there's no darkness. Yeah. There's no there's there's only good. Yeah. It's God's love. Mm-hmm. Verse five. See everything we just read to you about these people, they have a form of godliness. The Greek word form is morphosis. 
It's a, a formation, an appearance. It's a forming, a shaping, right? It's a form. Like if you're going to form concrete, you shape it. It's only twice in the New Testament, here and in Romans. Mm. An instructor of the foolish, a teacher of babes, who which has the form of knowledge and of the truth of the law, but they don't know nothing. It's just a shell. It goes with the empty pretender, doesn't it? Yeah. So these these men and women, this this humanity, these and I, I and I include women because there's Paula White in there. There's all these oh, yeah. f- female prophets, all these nut buckets out there. They have a form of godliness. They have a shape of it. See, they have a church. They have religion. They have the robes. They have the ritual. They have their sayings. They talk right. They have their website. They have the GoFundMe page. They have it all. But they deny, they deny, which means refuse to disregard something offered. They deny the power thereof. Mm-hmm. What is the power? What, what? Who's the power? What is that? The dynamis. What? What is that? It's God. Mm-hmm. It's God's miraculous power. They deny the very Creator God, and they just have a form of Him. Goes back to Romans, where these uh, mutton heads are worshiping the creation rather than the Creator. That's right. This is the ones that produce bad fruit. And these are the ones that are wolves in sheep clothing. Amen. And a wolf in sheep clothing has a form of a sheep. A form. Mm -hmm. A false prophet has a form of a prophet. A false teacher has a form of a teacher. A false ministry has a form of a ministry. And then Paul says to Timothy, and he says to you and me, from such, from such, what such, Miss Capel? The 18 that we just listed? Mm-hmm. From such, turn away, shun, avoid. And how many times is that found? Once. And that's Only here in Second here. Timothy. Yes. My goodness, folks, if this doesn't scream, this just screams, pay attention to me. I mean, there's no way Paul could have wrote this with that intention of using such unique words in a very unique passage, but yet it's hiding in plain sight, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And once you once you mine it out and, and, and look at the words, and you see they only happen once, you go, wait a minute, this is very unique. This is very important. Because in the last days, perilous times will come. Mm-hmm. So we're in the last days. You can't, no, one, no one's denying that. Perilous times. So you're looking at this, this list. From such turn away. It doesn't say from such give a pass and go, well, they do good things. They have such a great church. You know, many people, they are blessed by their teaching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No. It doesn't say that. Mm-mm. He says, turn away. Get, dispose of it. Get away. Get away. Because they deny God, folks. They're antichrist. Verse 6, for of this sort, what sort? 
the 18 we just read, this characteristics, are they which creep into houses? Those are church houses. Those are the original ecclesia, even though the Greek word is literally a household or a house, inhabited dwelling. The sort that we just talked about, these 18 characteristics of these people, they creep into your house, the the the, the churches, mm-hmm. and they lead captive silly women. Very derogative term here Paul is using. Mm-hmm. Silly woman. It means a little woman. It's used very contempt- contemptuously. And it's only used here how many times? Once. Only once. In the entire New Testament, silly women's only used once. Hmm. And these Humans, whether they're men or women, creep into these houses and they take captive silly women. And how do they take away the captive of the silly women? Because these women are laden with sins. Mm -hmm. They're blinded by Satan and they are caught in his snare. And they're heavy. Mm -hmm. They're heavy. They're piled up. They're heaped up together. They're overwhelmed. Their consciousness with things that miss the mark. Mm-hmm. It's like the Bible says that they lie against the truth and therefore their faith has been shipwrecked or they become castaways. They've erred. Mm-hmm. They've lost track, right? Mm-hmm. And Proverbs thirteen sixteen says, every prudent man deals with knowledge, but a fool lays open his folly. Wow. Well, that's what you're talking about. So it's not about men and women. You can't tell me that there's not silly men out there laden with sins. Of course there are. But Paul is making the point here that these folks creep in the houses and take captive silly women, silly people laden with sins. They're in error. Mm -hmm. They're led away is the next thing he says. Led away. With what? Various, diverse, means various manifold sorts of lust. Longing, especially for that which is forbidden. Kind of like the uh, the fruit in the garden. Mm -hmm. Desire, craving, longing, what is forbidden? Oh my goodness. And of course, that word is found a lot of times in the New Testament. Mm -hmm. Silly women... Bound up with error and sins and missing the mark, they're led away. And here's why they're bound up with the sins, because they were led away with a bunch of manifold, various kinds of desires and lusts. Mm -hmm. And what could that be for? Some of it's for knowledge. Sometimes you want to be a goddess. Sometimes maybe you just, you're lusting after a baby. Maybe, uh, hey, maybe this guy's coming to the house and he's good looking. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But I think it's a knowledge thing because in verse seven, Paul says, and he's still talking about them, the silly women, they're ever learning. Oh, they're always going to Bible school. They're always sitting in the church. They're ever learning and they're never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Mm. That's some sad stuff. Yeah, You keep learning stuff, but you just don't get it. Yeah, once again, it's because their mind has been blinded by Satan. 
Yeah. And in verse 8, he says, And now, as Janis and Jambres withstood Moses, those are the two magicians in Exodus, right, with the snakes, so do these, he's talking about the 18 characteristics of apostate people, so do these also resist the truth. They fight against God. How about this guy I just read to you, this, this Bishop Holdsworth or whatever he is, Reverend Holdsworth. Is he resisting the truth? Mm-hmm. Of course he is. And Paul goes on and says, men or humanity, humans of corrupt minds. And you're not going to believe this, corrupt. Um, means to corrupt, deprave, destroy, be destroyed, perish. And um, guess how many times it occurs, Ms. Kapow? How many? Twice. <gasps> Here and in Second Peter. But these as natural brute beasts. See, Peter's talking about the same people in Second Peter 12, 2.12. But these as natural brute beasts made to be taken and destroyed speak evil of the things that they understand not. Mm-hmm. And shall utterly perish in their own corruption. That's right. Talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. Men of corrupt minds reprobate. Mm-hmm. Let's understand that word. It means unapproved, rejected. Mm-hmm. It's worthless. It's cast away. It's reprobated. So when someone's reprobate, like Reverend Holdsworth, who has rejected and cast him off? God has. It, it doesn't, says, I'm sorry, that it says also the word is uh, properly used of metals and coins, which I think is interesting considering the word for covetous. Yeah. Properly used of metals and coins. I see that. But the, it's, not, it's not proved. It's unfit. Mm-hmm. It's reprobate. So probably in coin making, um, if something it's, isn't good, it's, it's reprobated. It's right. It's thrown out. It's not pure silver. Yeah. Yeah. Men of corrupt minds reprobate, so worthless, thrown out, concerning the faith. Mm-hmm. See, so they're not producing good fruit. It's no. very much like the, um, the parable that Jesus talked about, about the word, you know, how the seed has fallen on different types of soil. Mm-hmm. And this one is um, fallen, and then because the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things choke the word right yeah and so they don't produce good fruit yeah exactly very well very well put it'll produce good fruit concerning the faith Mm -mm. which is the belief in the lord jesus christ as the son of god and and his work as a remission of sins and the only way to eternal salvation they don't believe that they believe everything else okay so verse 9 says, but they shall proceed no further. When? In the last days. When it's perilous, dangerous times. They're not going to proceed any further. There's a point where it's all going to come crashing down. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men as theirs, talking about Janus and Jambres, also was. See? Johnny's and Jambres, when they threw down them, them serpents and, and opposed Moses, they did okay until it came to, I think it was the lice or something, where they just like, hey, we can't do this. And then they just fell apart, mm-hmm. you know, and got it handed to them. 
So Paul says, they're going to proceed no further for their folly shall be manifest to all men eventually. <laughs> mm-hmm. Really, folks. So none of us want to be on that coattail. We don't want to hitch our wagon to that star. You get it? Right. None of us. So if you're still involved with any of these big phony mega church things, whether it be Joel Olstein or Hillsong or I can go on and on, unhitch it. You need to unhitch. Totally unhitch. Because this it's this is what it's about. I'm not making it up. Verse 10, but thou hast fully known my doctrine. Paul's talking to Timothy. My manner of life, my purpose, my faith, my long-suffering, my charity, my patience. Persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. You know, that, that he's using... A scripture in uh, Psalms where it says, Psalm 34, 19, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Amen. And what he's doing is he's practicing Ephesians 5, 19, where it says, speaking to yourselves in Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. And then also in uh, Colossians where it says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts unto the Lord. Man, that's beautiful. That miscopalon itself would be a teaching mm-hmm. right there. That that was a great catch. That he says, I endured them, I, I, I endured them all. And the Lord delivered me. And mm-hmm. then... Because, yeah, he's, he's quoting truth because yeah. he's a lover of truth and he's a lover of God. Amen. He's not mm-hmm. heady or high-minded or boastful or proud, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. He, he hasn't broke the covenant. He lives in covenant. That's There's right. a big difference between Paul and what we see today. Yeah, amen, yeah. Verse 12 is something you're not going to hear preached a lot. Verse 12, I never heard preached. It says, yea, which means yes, like for certain. And all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. And Paul even said that in Acts when he says, we must through much tribulation enter into the kingdom of God. These aren't just little quips, little sayings. If you're going to if you're going to live a godly life in Christ Jesus, you're going to suffer persecution in various forms. You know, try being a biblical Christian at work. Many of you are. And you see how far it takes you in the in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Try to be a biblical Christian and uh, make it in the music industry. Or or as an author, Try to get on the New York Times bestseller list as a biblical Christian. And don't tell me, oh, there's Christians that make the New York Times. They're not Christian. They, they, there's no way they would be that far up in a satanic system if they were biblical Christians. That's right. You're going to suffer persecution in various forms. Oh, yeah, you're not going to buy or sell without that mark of the beast. You know that. And in verse 13, but evil men and seducers. I think this is interesting because the word seducer, 
The, the word seducer means a wizard, mm. someone who mutters spells, a wailer, a howler, because the, during the incantations, they were, they were howling. It also means a seducer uh, or a deceiver or an imposter, and it's only mentioned here once. Mm. Evil men and wizards, <coughs> excuse me, Shall imposter. wax. Yep. Yes, imposters. Yeah, look at it that way. It's an imposter. You know what it reminds me of? The scripture in Corinthians where um, um, the the devil, Satan, mm-hmm. is transforms into an angel of light. Well, that word transform is like disguised. And, and someone that disguises them themselves is like an imposter or a hypocrite. Yeah, absolutely. Just like an angel of light. Oh, they're people in the church is what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You're right. And they're evil men. They're evil, evil humanity. They're wizards, imposters. And this says shall wax. And the word wax simply means to drive forward, to advance, to grow in time, to increase, to profit. You get it? And so it- shall increase. These false teachers, these imposters shall grow, they shall increase worse and worse, Mm -hmm. according to Paul. Worse and worse. Deceiving. There's that word, Ms. Capel. Mm -hmm. Deceiving, which means to, 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 to cause one to roam from safety. It's perilous times. It's not safe. They're causing you to roam from safety or truth or virtue, go astray, to deceive, to seduce, to wander out of the way, to wander about in error. So these seducers shall, these wizards. And wizard is a male form of a witch. And yeah. we all know that witches, a witchcraft is, is another form of manipulation. It's just manipulation. Mm-hmm. So they're going to manipulate you. And it's, they're going to increase worse and worse, deceiving, and here's the kicker, and themselves being deceived. Mm-hmm. Same word. To lead astray, to, to roam, to go astray, to, to get away from the truth, from safety. So, Biscop Howe had mentioned the blind leading the blind earlier. This is what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. They're evil. Yep. They're wizards, and they're going to increase. Paul's telling Timothy, Timothy, in the last days, and perilous times are going to come, very dangerous times, unsafe times are coming, fierce times are coming, and these wizards are going to, they're going to increase. There's going to be more of them, and they're going to get worse and worse. That's why I was able to read an article to you about the great, very Reverend Holsworth wanting Prince George to be gay mm-hmm. and praying to God or his God for him to be gay. Because you wouldn't have heard that maybe even eight years ago. Mm-hmm. You certainly no, wouldn't have heard that 10 no, years no. ago. Mm-hmm. See, but you're hearing it today because it's increasing worse and worse. And this guy, like many of them, are, de- are deceiving people. Mm-hmm. And he himself is deceived. Yep. And see, when the disciples asked Jesus, you know, what was some of the signs that the world was going to end? And... The very first thing that Jesus said is to take heed that no man deceive you. 
For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and, just, and shall deceive many. And this is what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. It's not just, an, it's just a pseudo-Christ, oh, you know, the... You know, the Hindu guru that grows his hair long and mm-hmm. a beard says he's Jesus. It's the people who are trying to represent Christ who misrepresent a Cheez-Its. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Remember, Satan's very good at disguising himself. He's perfect. And um, it, without the discerning of the Spirit, without the Holy Spirit revealing these things to you, they're very difficult sometimes to, to make out. Because they are so close to true Christianity, they talk the same, mm-hmm. and um, you know they have the same lingo. They they do the same things we do, but there's there's um, a deception there. Yeah, that's why he's called the angel of light. Mm-hmm. It's not called the angel of darkness. No one would fall for that. He's disguised. He's the wo- he's the wolf disguising himself as a sheep. Mm-hmm. The ultimate wizard. Mm-hmm. A, the ultimate shape-shifting reptilian mm-hmm. from from day one in the garden. <laughs> so what do we do about it, Ms. Kapow? In verse 14, Paul tells us what we're supposed to do. He says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. What things is he talking about? The scriptures. He's talking about the scriptures. He's not talking about the New York Times bestseller. He's not talking about the DVDs or the YouTube videos. He's talking about the scriptures. And he says, continue in those things which you've learned. You have to grab on those. And you've been assured of knowing them and learn them. Verse 15, and from that and that from a child. So Timothy has known from a child, thou hast known the holy scriptures, which is interesting because the, this word holy, heridos is holy, sacred, consecrated, right? Mm-hmm. It's only found twice in the New Testament, Ms. Cabal. Mm-hmm. You would think it'd be all over the place. It's in Corinthians 9.13. Do you not know that they which minister about holy things live of the things of the temple? Hmm. Holy scriptures, and scriptures is grama, and it is a document, a writing. It's Hmm. these New Testament writings. It's the Old Testament scriptures. Mm -hmm. That Paul was quoting from. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Like you pointed out, he he did Psalms 34. Mm -hmm. And he says, but God has delivered me. That's what he's talking about. That's how you deal with these perilous times. And these scriptures, Paul tells Timothy, which are able to make the wise unto salvation, not riches here on the earth, not promotions, not political status, but wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. So they're always going to point to Christ. They're not going to point to anything else. Right? Mm -hmm. And you say, what the Bible? I'm so confused. They got so many translations. I don't know what to read. I'm reading the rainbow gay Bible right now, and I don't know if it's true. (laughs) Verse 16 says, forget all that junk. Go back. Get yourself a good translation. We we use King James because, man, it hasn't been messed with. 
this newer stuff, dude, they mess with it. Paul says, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And it's profitable for doctrine. It's also profitable for reproof and for correction and for instruction in righteousness. So in order to deal with these 18 characteristics of the last days, apostasy, you're going to have to stay in the word. Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he doesn't say to do anything else. He doesn't say to attend church on Saturday and not on Sunday. He doesn't say to grow a beard or cut your hair or wear a robe. Or He doesn't say be baptized. He doesn't mention baptism here. He doesn't mention communion. He doesn't mention any of the church ordinances. He doesn't mention Wednesday night Bible study. I mean, he doesn't mention worship service. It's weird. He only mentions scripture. Yep. And in verse 17, he ends it. And says that the man of God, the human of God, may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Yeah, perfect. Artios means fresh, complete, having reference apparently to a special aptitude for given uses. And how many times is that found in the New Testament, Ms. Kapow? How many? Once. <laughs> here. That the man of God may be perfect, given special attributes, furnished, mm -hmm. to do good works, all good works. That's how you do good works. Not through religion, not through wearing a robe, not through, uh, you know, a GoFundMe page. Mm -hmm. This is how you do it. It's the only way to do it. All right? And Scripture is our... Final authority, and that's why the disciples of Christ, and because Jesus used the Old Testament in a lot of his, in all his teaching, right? Mm -hmm. Even Second Peter one nineteen twenty one says, "We have also a more sure word prophecy." Now, remember when he said this scripture, he was talking about the transfiguration of Christ, that they actually saw and beheld the Lord. But they had a better or um, a heavier um, proof yes. to believe. And that proof was in Scripture itself. And that's the same thing with us. You know, I think that's why a lot of people go astray because they believe that anything that's supernatural mm -hmm. is of God or is of truth. And that's not true. If you put your, your, um, your faith in a supernatural experience that contradicts the word of God, you will go astray. Yeah. And that's a hundred percent truth because even Peter said, we have also a more sure word of prophecy whereunto ye do well that ye take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the dawn day dawn and the day star rises in your hearts knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God that spake that they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Yes. It comes from God himself. Yes. But it's the Scriptures, the Scriptures, the Scriptures. That's it. There's, there, <laughs> there's nothing else um, that Paul's talking about. Mm -mm. Nothing. And none of the apostles teach anything different no they always quote and they always refer back to the scriptures they talk about you know it's worthy of teaching that that, that, that 
that doctrine. Even the Apostle Paul. Yeah. If you really study his word, his his letters, mm-hmm. they all refer back to the Old Testament. To the Old Testament. Sure. All of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, it's not new. Mm-mm. It's not new. It's just the, 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 the revealing of the works of Christ that were prophesied that was going to happen. It's a commentary on it. Yep. It's a commentary on the Old Testament. It's all about the Scripture. It, it really is. It just... Uh, there's, there's, there's nothing else to do. When you have these 18 apostate characteristics facing you in these perilous, dangerous, unsafe last times. That's right. You have to keep your nose in the word. That's right. Uh, anything less is failure. It's Fuji. Yeah. Let's uh, say goodnight. Ciao, baby. Good night.